pandemonium reigns. Week 10 of the college football season is in the books. Get this, Georgia Tech is on a winning streak. West Virginia is bowl eligible. Dabo says you need to buy stock in Clemson. And the Gamecocks got caught playing with their food once again. This is Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He's Mike. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to highlight Georgia and Missouri, highlight Alabama and Mizzou, touch on some other things because the weekend was jam-packed. Speaking of, um, my text inbox was rather quiet from you uh, this 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 weekend. Like, Can you stop? Like going to things that you're invited to on fall Saturdays. Can you stop doing that, please? No, because if it's as long as it's not a wedding and it's an obligation where you can have access to your phone, my Saturday was enriched, brother. It was enriched. Okay. Well, the an 85 foot or 80, 85 foot, 80 inch TV versus Gamecast on your phone. There's just no comparison, man. I love you, but you're wrong. Hey, do you, do you, boo. <laughs> Let's touch on Dabo just for a minute before we get into the Georgia Mizzou. I, I gotta admit, I'm impressed. That's a, that's a good win at home versus a really good Notre Dame team, um, a, a really good uh, uh, quarterback in Sam Hartman for Notre Dame. What do you make of this win regarding Clemson? Yeah, it's really surprising uh, because I've been sitting here talking about just how how deep the hole is that that Dabo's been digging for himself. And he's doing it not – I mean, he's not just doing it by losing. He's doing it by in ways that are going to cost you your locker room. Um, so that's impressive to me to find when number five, when they were sitting at 500 uh, you know, prior to Saturday, against this Notre Dame team. I guess also I had a little bit more stock in Notre Dame, even though this was at Clemson, you know, even though Notre Dame's lost games like this in the recent history, even, uh, you know, not with long history, notwithstanding, you know, it just seems like this is, this is something I would expect Notre Dame to do. I like Freeman, like we've talked about, we love his toughness, you know, he's defensive minded. He's got a lot to like about him and it just didn't matter. I mean, and, and, you know, let's, let's also mention that Sam Hartman moves to Owen five, I believe it is against Clemson. That's not good. Uh, now, you know, he was, he was at a very different talent gap differential, at Wake Forest than he was Saturday with Notre Dame. So I'm sure he would have got one if he'd been at Notre Dame for two or three years instead of, you know, one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, not a great showing for the Irish and really, really, mm-hmm. when you use this word, resilient for Clemson and in a, in a great way to to take one step out of the hole that you dug, I guess. Because mm. their season is over. Yeah. Flashbacks resilient. to Derek Dooley, my guy. Hey, and 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 Lyle, you know, just all the, all the bad yeah. I think what sticks out to me the most with regarding this Clemson win is um, the win came down to two players, really. A Jeremiah Trotter pick six and Phil Maffa running back for Clemson, 36 for 186. Here's the reason why, because Cade Klubnick did you no services, 13 for 26, a buck 09, a touchdown, and a pick. Not good. Not good. Neither, yeah, neither quarterback was good. Um, you know, Hartman was less than he was less even even lower completion percentage than yeah. Klubnik and two picks versus Klubnik's one. Uh, yeah, yeah Moffa didn't know didn't know Moffa had a had a performance like that in him. We've seen him lose the ball at times, you know, giving it away. Yeah, uh, and I would have one thousand percent said that Audric Estime would have outperformed Phil Moffa, you know, especially knowing that Will Shipley uh, was not was not active for the game. 
I would have 100% said that, even though Notre Dame's picked up a couple losses and, and, you know, they've struggled at times, I would have said that. And it's not like he had a bad day. You know, he averaged 5.1 per carry, estimate. He had 87 yards. Uh, he probably could have stood five to ten more carries, you know, just looking at it from the box score perspective of this game. Yeah. But just, you know, kind of surprised all around for me, disappointed, uh, disappointing showing on the road for, for Notre Dame. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, props to props to Clemson for getting the the home win, 31-23 over the Irish. Uh, in other news, Sam Pittman still fighting for bowl eligibility. Razorbacks go into Gainesville, get a three-point win in overtime. And I'm just back to the question, who's Florida? And I'm even more aggravated with this because we lost to them. <laughs> and we scored uh, 23 Doing rough math off the top of my head, I think we scored 23 less points than this Arkansas team did, and they've got numerous, numerous less weapons than yeah. than Tennessee had even at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to start a petition for Tennessee to play Florida later in the year. Uh, I'm going to have to start a petition for Georgia, and well, you know, that's their that's Florida's only neutral game, so. That's the cocktail party's got to go away. Everybody gets to play in the swamp. If you play Florida, you play in the swamp, unless it's a ball game, uh, or you're hosting them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I can't believe this result. We talked about this. I think we've talked about this multiple weeks, not just leading into week ten. That was Florida's easiest remaining game. Oh, I yeah. mean, you only need one more to get to a bowl. And and look, it was a whole lot different path to a bowl to bowl eligibility in 2023 because you started out much better than you did in 2022. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're talking about at LSU at Missouri and hosting the best Florida state team that we've seen since Jimbo and Jameis left town. Jimbo about to eat a dub. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> highlighting Florida at LSU. They're already 14 point dogs, <laughs> man. I wonder, I wonder that's a, that's a crazy number because I mean, you'd, you'd have to think if Jaden Daniels got a concussion, there's a decent chance he could not play in that game. So Vegas just doesn't care. Uh, who knows? I I don't know. I mean, Vegas always knows something that we don't, right? Yeah, they do. Um, man, I just this this Florida program is a mess. And you you know we thought that they would have a tough time this year, possibly win three four games. Tennessee losing in in Gainesville helps them get one more, whatever that ends up being, but. If they finish five and seven and they show up to play that 2024 schedule that they have, I mean, what's the cutoff for Napier? Seriously, what 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 number saves his job in 2024 facing that schedule that we know is just ridiculous? You're breaking in another new quarterback. Well, at least new to your school. You know, Graham Mertz is going to be gone. Uh, so it's either going to be a youngster that you've got or you're going to go into the portal and get another Mertzian top quarterback, but we've talked about that schedule at length for 2024. I mean, mm-hmm. what number of wins mm-hmm. would Napier need to have to next year to, to, to stay? The floor's got to be eight, right? I mean, in year three, in year three, least, I would say at least eight. You know, look, they're going to look hosting Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas AM, cocktail party, traveling to Mississippi State. That's your easiest road game. Okay. Because you're also going to Texas and you're going to Knoxville. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to win eight. And I don't even, you know, that's not mentioning Florida State yet again, yeah. who look on a totally different trajectory than they've been on. Yeah. That's brutal. 
Yeah, Florida out here starting in the next series for the Hunger Games, just seeing if they can survive. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's absolutely brutal. Brutal scheduling. Props to them uh, for doing, you know, for for some of their scheduling strengths. You know, they actually left the state of Florida this year in a non-conference game, which they've not done in forever. I don't see it paying off in the long run. Um, I, I don't like anything about them right now other than recruiting, and anyone and everyone should recruit to Florida. For sure. Well, Florida's going to sell itself. So there's, there's always going to be that. Well, props to Arkansas and Sam Pittman for going down there and getting that done. All right. So with that said, one last thing before we get into, I say deep discussion, but here we are. We're we're doing it. Yeah. Do you realize that the state of Kansas was one snap away, one fourth down away from sending Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC with losses. Last week, Kansas does it to Oklahoma, right? And Kansas State, right there, in Austin, in overtime. Go for it on fourth down, come up short, lose that game, 33-30. to Yeah, and and look, I don't watch all that much Kansas State, but that is the biggest, that is the single largest gripe that I've got with Chris Kleiman to this point of anyone knowing his name. Because, you know, let's be be real – you had to be an absolute in-depth college football fan to know his name prior to Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Absolutely had to be dug in and and all the way into the sport. But going for that fourth down in that spot in the first overtime, that that really, really irritates me because, you know, Texas found a lot of success early in the game. I think they got up 24-7 to seven was their biggest lead in this game as yep. my iPad falls over again. Uh, they get up to 24-7, and then things start going their way. They get back in this game. They obviously force overtime. They found more success against Malik Murphy's version of this offense. It's it's not Quinn, Quinn Ewers that they're facing. Extend this game into overtime number two because it's about it's going to turn into a two-point conversion fest if you get into the third overtime. Uh-huh. I understand wanting to avoid that. If you're in the second overtime, and now it would have been different because they would have had the ball first, Unlike mm-hmm. this overtime, mm-hmm. maybe then try to end it before you get into the Jeopardy version of college football. You know, yeah. What are you doing? You've 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 been getting stops. You've found success against Malik Murphy. You've obviously found offensive success to get yourself back in this game. You had guys open on second down and goal. I believe it was uh, when they I, they tried something. They tried to get cute. Uh, they had they had multiple guys open and he missed them. Yeah. And then they go for it on fourth down with absolutely. Zero momentum in that moment. They had momentum that got them down into the goal, the the goal to go situation, and then it vanished. And right. and I think they took themselves out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, right there, they were right there, right there. I was I was rooting hard just for the people of Kansas. You know, just for the sake of those guys coming into the conference. Hey, I, I, I lied. One more thing before we get into the conversation. Do you? It's a it's in the form of question. Okay. Do you think that Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks are still celebrating this win as they go into next week? Because that's yeah. what he said they're going to do. They're going to celebrate. They're going to celebrate this one. I think they are. I think that's. That, I think they are. I think that's the the program that he tries to tell you they have going on, and the players are probably laughing or they're in tears because it probably means a whole lot more to them. I'm going to say if he's actually celebrating things in the way that it looked, you know that he that he did. They're out here calling, you know, themselves Tennessee's Super Bowl, and their Super Bowl looked like Jacksonville State. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. They they found their last win for the season, correct? 
Uh, it's, I mean, it's gotta be the last time I checked it, it's, it's brutal from here on out. Uh, well, with the exception of hosting Vanderbilt next oh, week, hosting, hosting Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt next week, hosting Kentucky. I don't like their odds there. And now Same. hosting Clemson and after a really solid win over Notre Dame, I don't, I don't like that, that for them either. And, um, and what a weird schedule that is with your last four games being at home, but you know, they, they were on a road tour for the first two thirds of the season. It felt like as well. So it makes sense, but yeah, yeah, they're okay. They might find a win against Vanderbilt. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to say that it's not going to be as easy as it should be, even though Vanderbilt's also playing terrible football right now. Uh, not, yeah. not anything new for them. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, you know, they should, they should, uh, Kentucky should find a way to win that game. Anything's possible. There's no way they're going to a bowl. That's over. You certainly don't like the odds. That's for sure. All right. With that said, let's finally get into this deep dive. Here's what happens. Missouri goes into Athens, takes an L to the forehead, 21 to 30, but, 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 Mizzou's good. Mizzou's really good. Um, anyone who is looking at Mizzou and is rating them based off of who they are as a brand and a logo, you're, you're making a mistake. Uh, that, that game was much closer than 30 to 21. Mizzou's good. I agree with you. It was closer to, it was closer than 30 to 21. Uh, they, you know, they lost every battle within this game. Turnovers, time for possession, you name it. Um, the, they lost the big battles in in that way. They, you know, I don't know that, that Luther Burden was the same after his incident in the end zone with the uh, kind of awkward few minutes of they wanted to look at him. He didn't want to be looked at. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that they've done for sure and that, that continued on Saturday is they've, they've played close games with almost anyone. I mean, their biggest wins of the year, 35 to 10 over South Dakota, uh, mm-hmm. 38 to 21, uh, 38 21 over Vandy, 38 21 over Kentucky. And, and I think that's still one of their more impressive wins on the year because they got in the 14 0 hole. Yeah. Uh, but they, they play close games with everybody. They're capable, I think, of playing with anyone. Uh, and that means in a good or a bad way, keeping it close to someone that they're better than, uh, you know, or, uh, or playing, playing up to, to better competition, such as Georgia. Because yeah. when you look at the dudes still, yeah, they've got a great – or a good to a great, certainly above average, two-thirds of a team, I think. They are not 85 deep like Georgia is 85 deep. Oh, they, for sure. they have no business being in a nine-point game at Athens, covering the spread that we talked about uh, when we when we previewed this game. Uh, getting some of the stops and, and really limiting Georgia to field goals in, 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 you know, in ways that we've not seen many teams not named Auburn do. And, you know, the early season one that when Carson Beck is still figuring a lot of things out, playing well while doing it, uh, they did a lot of new things, you know, that, that we've not really seen against Georgia. Uh, and, and again, limiting, limiting Georgia in some scenarios uh, being what I'm talking about there. Still just don't know how good they are. And I don't know that we'll, know, that we'll find out this year how good really Missouri is because of the way that they've played two competition in some other scenarios. Listen, if if you're if you go into this game and you say, "Listen, Missouri's going to outrush Georgia," which they did, uh, one fifty one to one thirty one, and they're going to pass for thirty uh, ish less yards, two twelve to two fifty four. I'm probably going to take Mizzou in that pick. Your difference are two picks by Brady Cook. 
right? One, which, which was atrocious, uh, uh, what looked like a slip screen, throwing it right to the down lineman, almost giving him a chance to return it. I mean, yeah. that that's that's your ball game. That's what it came down to. Yep. Uh, not necessarily that play, but but, but those things that I j- just mentioned there. Um, Mizzou, they now scare the crap out of me. I'm not there with you yet. Tennessee's not- more than capable of losing the game, but I'm not terrified of Missouri. They they strike me as the the Utah of the SEC. Absolutely, you know I can't go that far. Just me. Okay. Uh, again, they they're more than they're more than capable of beating Tennessee. And I think, and, and again, I'm I'm not taking shots when I say this, but Tennessee's more than capable of allowing Missouri to beat them. Yeah. But I think that the strengths are are equal between the teams, or they're even within within the teams to an extent. That's fair. T- Missouri is so much more one receiver than they are spreading it around. And and Tennessee is does not have that guy. They don't have that guy on offense because you see them try to go to squirrel wide and they go to squirrel wide a lot more than anybody else. But they don't have that that guy that they've had before looking at you, Jalen Hyatt, like Missouri has Luther Burden. And he's going to get his if he's healthy after Saturday. You know, it's it's another small, small success for Tennessee that they get Missouri coming off of such a physical game on the road in Georgia. Um, and then I think there's the aspect as well where Tennessee's got a little bit more SEC noise, you know, to play for. Missouri now needs a little bit more than Tennessee would need to ever get to Atlanta. It's not going to happen because Georgia's going to smack Ole Miss into oblivion uh, for either team. But there are factors there that 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 keep me from saying they're the Utah of the SEC. Well, my argument to your whole receiving core thing is Burden wasn't even your leading receiver Saturday. Yeah, and I and you know I, I was sitting here kind of trashing those guys, saying that they basically can't do it if it's not Luther. I, I did say that, but how successful is it going to be to throw back shoulder fades on third and eleven or twelve? You know that's what they were doing with Theo Weiss uh, there to keep the, to keep the game going. Credit to them for that. Uh, Georgia's and, I, and I'm not saying anybody compares to them still, but they're not the same. Defense, they're certainly not the same secondary or interior defensive line that they've been because I just think if you take this, these two teams last year, you know, we saw it. Georgia got played closer than to by Missouri than anybody else. Give Georgia one or two of those, give them Jalen Carter, anybody there in the middle. And I think this is a 30 to 14 or a 10 game at that point. Sure. Well, my argument to that is Georgia's corners and secondary are head and shoulders above ours. I mean, I mean, and we're going to be missing Kamal Haddon, who's been at times a liability. So I, th- I just think they're I think they're better than 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 their record. Uh, they they now concern me. All right, so they're going to finish their season hosting us. Three thirty CBS kickoff comes Saturday. Host Florida. Who's Florida? They're going to be yeah. fighting for bowl eligibility and then traveling to Arkansas. Arkansas, hopefully, still playing for bowl eligibility. Georgia Tech's going to finish things out a little differently. Hosting Ole Miss, as you mentioned, comes Saturday. Uh, Georgia currently 10.5-point favorites. Traveling to Knoxville, uh, 3.30 CBS kickoff, more than likely. Joy. I, Joy. I think that's already been announced, correction. And then uh, traveling to uh, rejuvenated Georgia Tech. Man, I don't care what anybody says. That's your coach of the year right there in Atlanta for me this year. Uh, Brent Key, Brent Key, dude. Yeah. What on earth? Yeah, the bounce yeah. back, man. The the yeah. yellow jacket bounce back. And look, if if Saban were to take this team really deep or to a title or 
if Kirby is the three-peat, it's going to be hard to argue against. But what a job by the Yellow Jackets, man. For I can't sure. believe what I'm seeing out of them. For sure, for sure. Uh, again, Missouri travels to Athens, takes an L to the forehead, 21-30. Next up, Louisiana State goes to Tuscaloosa. 42-28 loss for the Bayou Bengals. Jaden Daniels, battle with him and Jalen Milrow. And, you know, they both finish with 219. Uh, but Jaden Daniels does get the upside in uh, the touchdowns, but also throws a pick where Milrow is uh, nil on both. Jaden Daniels, QBR 97.6. Jalen Milrow, QBR 96.4. Man, if you'd have told me those numbers going into this game, I would have made sure that nothing else was happening during that time. But the score is just not in, exactly indicative of what exactly unfolded Saturday night. No, it's not. Um, you know, I think the game was probably pretty decided. I'd love to see it if if Daniels wasn't knocked out of the game. I'd love sure. to see that outcome. Uh, yeah. What a – man – this is this is a little off topic and it's a little random, but if you had told me the player that Jaden Daniels was going to be in the SEC after me seeing what he was in the Pac-12, I would have said you're crazy, yeah, you're out of your mind. But that dude is a heck of an athlete, a a pretty good passer of the football. Uh, he's done a, a really nice job there. He's got great weapons at receiver. Malik Neighbors going ham for 171 and a touchdown. Uh, I would I'd take their receiving group over Bama's all day right now, which has mm-hmm. been a minor battle over the last few years. But still, Alabama I would say has probably edged them out there with just the dudes that they've had. Uh, man, a rush fest between the quarterbacks. They they were the leading rushers for their teams. Not surprising from the standpoint of LSU's defense and what they've given up this year. Uh, Alabama giving up 163 on 11 rushes. I'm a little mm-hmm. surprised. Yeah, yeah. I want to come back to your mention of Jaden Daniels real quick and uh, your perception of him. I just want to say that I created a post in the offseason that he is, will be the best quarterback in the conference, and I took a lot of flack for that. Uh, no, it's going to be Will Rogers. Do you know what football is? <laughs> well, uh, is this is, is this the point in time of the podcast where I say that I told you so? Not you, but like yeah, no, to, to America. I think it is that time. And and simply to just support that, like I, my argument was, it's year two under Kelly. There's going to be a significant jump for him. He's going to play faster. Like there's going to be a greater understanding of the offense. All of those things. Uh, and then something that I did not anticipate was just the emergence of Malik Neighbors. That that guy has really kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, and as you mentioned, big night for him, 10 catches, 171 yards. Uh, but the the downfall or the problem, excuse me, with LSU is after neighbors and his 10 catches, two catches, three catches, three catches, one catch, one catch. It, it's Jaden Daniels and Malik neighbors. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's actually, to me, what is – again, this is turning into a Jaden Daniels you know, episode here. He leads the conference in passing yards. He is one-tenth. He is 72.1 behind Carson Beck's 72.2 completion percentage. He's been sacked 10 or 12 more times while doing all those crazy things. He's got more touchdowns, the same number of picks as Beck. And think about what LSU needs him to do versus what Georgia actually requires Beck to do. I'm not knocking Beck. I'm just saying they have a lot more firepower spread out across the field than 
Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, I can't, I, it's really hard for me to get past. I never thought he'd be that guy. Uh, Malik Neighbors, we knew was good, but not the showing that you've come to know from Kyron Lacey and Brian Thomas Jr. There's been times where Brian Thomas Jr. has been absolutely electric for LSU this season. Their, their traditional run game has not been, but that is kind of nullified when you've got the athlete that, that Dan, Daniels can be making plays on the field. And again, what they ask him to do, what they, what they need him to do to beat the better teams on their schedule, like in Alabama, yeah. is, is a lot more than, a lot, than several others are being asked to do. Yeah, for sure. You threw out those numbers on on Jaden Daniels and where he falls into the conference. I just want to say this about Jaden Daniels. Nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody, Carson Beck, Joe Milton, um, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, nobody takes a freaking hit like Jaden Daniels. <laughs> he's, I, it, I don't he, know. He's like a ragdoll when he gets I've hit. Seen. Exactly. I, I don't know, man. I've, I've never seen quarterbacks take hits like he, like he does. The one that knocked him out of the game. I mean, probably targeting. Not the most vicious hit he's taken this year. Not even right, close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, it was it was very close to an ordinary tackle, but there was the chin and and help you know cr- kind of crown of Dallas Turner's helmet aspect. Mm-hmm. Boy, can he knock some quarterbacks out of games in some funny ways? For sure. Uh, <clears throat> you know, there was that aspect of it. But Daniels has taken some wild hits. He, I mean, it's it's video game esque the hits that he takes mm-hmm. and. This is, to my knowledge, the first time he's not finished a game due to his health. Uh, his toughness, toughness uh, rating is like a one ten. I don't know. I can't. I can't tell you that. I, I don't. I, yeah. Well. Yeah. You're you're spot on the toughness rating. Um, but that first part, I'm I'm not real sure. Um, let's flip to the other side. Bama, as we mentioned, Jalen Milrose, uh, statistical numbers through the air. Uh, he did it all on the ground. Counting for oh, four yeah. scores on the ground, 20 carries, a buck 55. And my question, if I'm a bammer, is why have we not been dialing this stuff up all year? I I, I mean, I'm I'm livid if I'm a Bama fan. I, I mean, because he's been he's been excellent on the deep ball, right? He's I mean, he's done I mean, but their offense, again, as Cole Kublik says, has been um run for two, run for a loss, fumble, pick it up. Throw a deep ball, touchdown. Like th- that's been the offense. Like, why are and, we not seeing more of Jalen designed Jalen Miller on the ground? And it doesn't have to come through read option, zone read stuff like that. It could just be uh, QB draw, QB power, whatever. Line him up in the slot, and give it to him on a jet. Just put the ball in that dude's hands. And this is only the third time this year. Think about the offenses that Alabama's have: Tua, Bryce Young, Mac Jones. Think about the offenses they've had. This is their third game. This season, scoring 40 points, only their third, mm-hmm. uh, 56 against MTSU, 40 against the, the you know, a bottom dweller of the SEC this year in, in Mississippi State, and 42 against LSU. And it's not like LSU has one of those vaunted defenses that they've had at times, but yeah. this was a big game where you needed your offense to perform because of the offense of LSU. Yeah. And they did, mm-hmm. like you're saying, with the, with the true emergence, and I mean by that, 20 carries and look like what he did with them. For, for Jalen Milrow, you know that's 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 different than what they've been, and I'm right there with you. I'm aggravated. I'm hot. Uh, you know, to- Tommy Rees is not the hire of the season or anything like that. He's not even close to that. Um, but it really, it really, you, you start to wonder long term: is this going to work for anything more than what we're what we are right now? You know, can how much? What's our ceiling with Tommy Rees? For sure, but but I mean, 
what is 2023? It's a lot like 2007. And my my reason for saying that is my hire of the offseason was Dabo's hiring of his offense coordinator. And look what that has gotten, gotten him. Tommy Reese has arguably turned out to be a better hire than that. Um, sure. Yeah. So, uh, now, I think that Clemson has other issues than Alabama has, but I'm with you. I'm with sure. you. Uh, sure. It's either the head coach or it's the quarterback for me and the loss of what they've had at receiver for Clemson. They just aren't even in the ballpark. Right. But, right. but yeah. Uh, it, it's what it is. It's uncharacteristic for Saban. You know, he 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 goes through these coaching changes, and you may notice it in the playoff or the national championship game that they're not the caliber that they were. It's just usually not weeks three or, or two this year where they played Texas through ten or the end of the season where you notice the changes. It's usually in the absolute upper echelon of the sport where you notice that hey, they're not what they have been, and and not against the more look. I'm calling the, the SEC average here, but their average week-in and week-out games where you say, oh, they are not what they were. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, I was just basically yeah. saying, like, what is this year? So, Oh, yeah, it's um, let's Let's end this by – or in this segment by just peeking at their schedules real quick. They should both win out. LSU's going to host Florida. LSU's going to host Georgia State. LSU's going to host A&M. I like them to go 3-0 and right there, just off the cuff. Alabama's going to travel to Kentucky, host – the Fighting Moccasins of Chattanooga, and then the Iron Bowl in Auburn. Let's hope that's a seven o'clock kickoff because of the 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 voodoo magic that is Jordan Hare at night. Uh, but still, I like them both to go three and zero right there. Yeah, they're probably going to do it. Um, just because Texas A and M can't be counted on for for absolutely anything. Um, I mean, they're well, if, they just don't win on the road. They don't do that. They they're going to get their quarterback killed at some point. It's it's they're going to take on charges for manslaughter. Or, or something to that effect because of the hits that Max Johnson's taking. I tell you what, if anybody takes hits like Jaden Daniels, it's Max Johnson. He is getting killed. He's just yeah. not doing it when he takes off and running. Uh, Alabama, Kentucky, dude, they should absolutely sh- – they should shut sh- they should shut Kentucky out is what they should do. They're going to win that game. This is me throwing more shots at Kentucky. It's it's partially on them. It's it's mostly on Alabama. Mm-hmm. It is a noon game, which could be weird, but I don't, I don't, I don't like Kentucky in that spot. Not a true great uh, home field advantage there. And then I agree with you completely. Let's get a, a not time Iron Bowl. I need that in my life. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's end this segment. Bayou Bengals travel to Tuscaloosa. Take the loss. 42-28. All right, just a couple of things uh, before we close things down. Uh, Mike, put this, I'm going to put this bug in here. Give you a second to think about it. Give me your top four in just a moment. I want to mention, uh, going into the weekend, I presented Mike with some potential upsets, and none of them happened. Kentucky beat Mississippi State. South Carolina beat Jacksonville State. And I forget the last one. Help me out. Kansas Kansas beats yes. Iowa State. Yeah. Even Kansas though, again, North. I think Vegas had Iowa State the favorite there. But you know, that's did. not what we were going for. They did. Uh, but worthy of note uh, is NC State's win over Miami. Uh, Washington get a getting a big one over USC. Uh, Colorado falls again, right? Yep. Um, so again, jam packed weekend. All right, let's close this out with top four, and we'll shut her down. All right, give me your, let's do it. Give me your playoff teams right now in this moment. As if as if it was the final four, correct? I mean, who it's who it's going to be? Here we go. Georgia's going to be in there. That's absolutely happening. You want the order? It doesn't matter. Just give me the four. All right. Georgia's in there. Michigan's in there. 
They're beating Penn State. They're beating Ohio State. The conference championship game is irrelevant. Florida State's in there. Do it. I can see it on your face. Do it. Do it. Say it. I can see it. I don't Nobody, wanna... knows you. Nobody knows you like I do. Say it. The Ducks are in there. The Ducks. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. But so they're going to – they're okay. gonna they're gonna turn around and beat Washington. Ohio State's gonna be out because the Big Ten champ will be the undefeated Wolverines. Um, I love FSU. Uh, I think they're the best chance that anyone really has, maybe to beating uh, Georgia at this point if they can do it. Um, that's my four. Okay, okay. I think I'm gonna recant uh, on mine from from the OG at the at the okay. beginning of the season. So give me Georgia. Just, I, I mean, when you go back to back, I'm not gonna. I mean, they're on what 26 straight. I mean, I maybe I'll think, right. maybe I'll think differently after Lane Kiffin visits Athens. Who knows? Florida State, uh, they do have to stop playing with their fruit a little bit. Stop playing to the level of the competition so much. Um, but, I, but I still like them. The winner of the Big Ten. <laughs> you, you suck. <laughs> the winner of the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, Michigan is intriguing just because of all that stuff that's going on with Harbaugh at the moment. Uh, will they be able to survive that if it gets worse? Who knows? Um, Ohio State is getting better. We'll see. Give me the winner of the Big Ten. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recant. I'm gonna reorder my ducks. Give me Washington. All right. Give me Washington. I don't like the way they've been playing. Um, <clears throat> Leading into USC, I do love that they won that game. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you're aware with of Caleb Williams' post uh, talk, going back to when Max Duggan was in tears last yes. year. You're aware, okay? The Robert Griffin shares, yes, yes. And and yes. how much sympathy do I have for Caleb Williams? Zero. Well, we gotta um, we gotta tell the people the context. So, right there's the picture of Max Duggan crying. Robert Griffin, you know, uh, basically praises him. What a warrior he is. Yada yada yada. Caleb Williams shares that and says, LOL. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and then Caleb Williams weeping, weeping yeah. on the yeah. sideline, uh, not weeping in anticipation of being a partial owner of an NFL team like his family is demanding, which is laughable. Right. Uh, weeping over the third loss that they've taken in a row. No, they beat Cal. They, 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 they beat, beat Cal. Cal to stop their streak. Yep. I mean, you could argue that a one-point win over Cal is a loss, but there you go. I wanted to point out that Robert Griffin shared the image of Caleb Williams and basically talked about how he's high class and humble, and yet I'm going, that's hogwash because you literally wrote F Utah on your fingernails and you celebrated Max Dugan crying. So I'm not here for it, man. I'm not. No. I just I'm gonna lack in the sympathy department right there. Nope. Uh any any closing thoughts before we shut her down? Well, you you whiffed slightly, we we whiffed slightly on the upsets. We whiffed on how many minutes Nico Iamaliava would play. I think we oh, both yeah. went over sixteen. We did, uh, and I'm cool that he didn't play over sixteen because he might have died behind that offensive line even against UConn. Uh, it's cool, you know. Whatever, everybody gets to play against UConn. Do your thing. That's about it for me, I believe. Uh, I will say just just on the touch of UT here that I believe the the reason that Nico got pulled as early as they did is the coaching staff just made up their minds that they were going to play um four quarterbacks yeah basically i can't i can't 
Gaston, Gaston, uh, Gaston, and that that's a joke, y'all. And <laughs> uh, uh, Navy Shuler, they were just determined they were going to do it. And the defensive scores maybe cut into Nico's time. Yeah. That's what I'm going to tell myself, at least. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's it. I really do. Uh, you know, he, he needs snaps for 2024. UConn only provides a not even a heart beating pulse on the other side. You know, mm-hmm. there's just not much to gain. There's there's more to lose than to gain. You need him healthy mm-hmm. in bowl practice, in spring practice, and certainly in fall practice. So I'm here for it, and yeah. and we're going to see him again. We're probably going to see him against Vandy. Uh, you know, Joe could opt out for a bowl game if he wants to get cute. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Um, we're going to see him. It's going to be fine. Yep. 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 Uh, before we shut it down, I just want to say this episode has been brought to you by Lauren Foster of KW Realty. Uh, if you're looking for a realtor in the uh, north part of Georgia, uh, she is your girl serving North Georgia, Lake Lanier, Forsyth Hall, and Dawson County. Make sure you get in touch with her. We'll, prop, we'll drop her information uh, in the captions and comments. Appreciate you guys so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we love doing this. We do it for free. And the way that you can actually pay us is by hitting like and hitting subscribe. It does wonders for the algorithm. We thank you for it. Um, week 10, it was awesome. Looking forward. Uh, wow, words. Looking forward to a jam-packed week 11. Can't wait to, can't wait to see it. Can't wait to um, eat some more chicken wings. And hopefully Michael will be in town for this one. You know, because he likes to, he says he's a football fan, but I'm, I'm beginning to wonder. He seems to like people more. I don't know what the, I don't know what the issue is. Fix the officiating and I'll pay more attention. There you go. There you go. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Pandemonium Reigns. We love you guys. God bless. Go Vols. GBO.